Welcome this morning uh, to our worship service. I'm so happy and so honored just to be here with you this morning. For the people who doesn't know me, my name is Magdiel. I'm one of the pastors here at Renew. Thank you so much for reading the scripture passage. It comes from Colossians 3, 12 to 17. And the title of the, uh, the sermon for this morning is Gratitude in Your Hearts. Even though I'm just here by myself in the church, I think my heart has a lot of gratitude. Not only because we're starting at one, one more year, uh, we don't know how this year is going to unfold for all of us, but also for the year that we all been through. This past year has been a year of challenges for all of, all of us, changes in our lives. Maybe for um, some of us, it's been a, a lot of grief, a lot of things that might be not been easy in your life. Um, but in the scripture from this morning, it's invited us to have gratitude in our hearts, even through the difficult times, even when we don't understand what's happening, we don't understand what God is doing in our lives, in our community, even through the difficulty that we're going through. But if you're like, your life has been full of happiness and joy and everything's just so perfect, well, praise God for that too, right? I don't know how your life has been all this like past year. I know we start um, last year uh, after like more than 15 months just doing services online. We hold uh, our first service in person, a hybrid, uh, in, uh, in July of last year. So we've been just having service like hybrid for the past like few months, which has been a huge blessing uh, for us. Because uh, let me tell you, it is, it is hard just to preach in an empty church when uh, nobody is here. Like uh, sometimes we just record stuff uh, previous so we can have it ready. So it, it is not the same. But I'm also grateful for that, for that opportunity. Even when we're like apart, and some of you are like in your house, maybe watching like uh, during the week. But this is the time for us when as a church we come together and even be grateful for that. Be, be grateful just to like interact online sometimes. Uh, so thank you for, you know, the technology and uh, praise God that we can do that. But uh, focusing in the scripture of this morning... It's talking about, you know, Paul wrote a letter to this church, to this place. And he was speaking, especially in our relationships within the church. The people who are unified in Christ, despite the racial, cultural, and sociological differences. What does this mean for us as a church? If Paul was speaking to this church a long time ago... Uh, how can this like speak to us during this time? Like I said before, I think for the almost two years we've been uh, struggling with a lot of different things. But one thing is still there to remind us that the love of God, that His peace and His love, especially that His love, it still continues in the work. It still continues to heal people's life, to bring peace 
into our hearts. So when we read the first verse uh, of Colossians 3, actually uh, verse 12, it says this, Therefore, as God chosen people, holy and dearly love, God's chosen people. When we hear the word holy, if you know what actually means to be holy, write it down. And the meaning of holiness. We all know, you know, it comes from the uh, Hebrew word uh, that it says as kodash. And it's a, this word actually means it's set apart, specifically for a purpose. We can also see the translation in Greek, which is the same. It's just set apart, being more like, like uh, the Lord, or being different from the word. I also like my own translation. You know, in Spanish, it's, it's, it's uh, santo. Santo means consagrado a Dios. Consagrado a Dios, in English, if we translate that, is giving yourself to God. Giving all you are to God. And I really like this translation because, like, this meaning for me. Because growing up, I never, never thought that I would never be holy. That I would never be, you know, worthy of God. Until I really learned the meaning of what holy is. And it's not like you want to be like God. But you are giving yourself to God. So when I learned that, I was like, wow, then I am holy. So if you ever thought about that, this is like many, many years ago before I really, you know, study more about scripture. I study more about the meaning of uh, holiness. But it really reflects how we interact with God. Giving ourselves to God sometimes, or I think most of the time, it's not easy. I mean, let's face that. Being a Christian, being a, a part of a community, a part of a church, sometimes it's really hard. Not because of all this struggle, because, you know, serving God and practicing all these things that we're going like, to see uh, in this message this morning, sometimes it's difficult. And it comes with a lot of, uh, sometimes you have to give up something. That's why I like this translation, like consagrado a Dios, which means, you know, giving yourself to God. Even in the things that you don't really want to give up. Even when it's hard. Even when it's difficult. Even when like conflicts with your culture. Conflicts when you're, you know, your like, way of thinking, your way of doing things. It means it's a change that you're not used to it. But changes are good. Well, sometimes. Sometimes there are changes that are really bad. But we're not going to get into that. Um, when we read this passage, Paul is giving us positive practice. If you have read the book of Colossians, we know there is a lot of things involved. It's a lot of like you can say it's a lot of rules. It's a lot of things to follow. How to become who 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 are you as a Christian as a follower of Jesus? But Paul here is giving like positive practices to do as Christians. And it's interesting because this is, this is the first Sunday 
of the year. And I know our society, or most of the people, they like to do New Year's resolution, right? Uh, either you want to exercise more, eat healthier, like do other things, or like improve, I don't know, a certain skill, certain things that you want to do in your life through this year. So <clears throat> a lot of us just set up goals, right, for the year. And this is, I don't want this to become, you know, we're going to set up goals for us, and I want you to do this. No, this is something we should continue to do, not only at the beginning of the year, but through the year. And this is the first positive practices that Paul is talking about, which is compassionate heart. This is a response to God and to others, which is filled with love, concern, rather than selfishness. When we say compassionate, and it's kind of the opposite of, you know, being selfish. When you're compassionate, you want to give something to someone. Not only because they're in need, because, because it's, it's who you are. It's, it's, it's what you love to do. And when we're compassionate to other people, we're doing it not only for them, but we're also doing it for our God. Because He is calling us to do this. To be, have a compassionate heart. And do it. Not because that's the right thing to do, but that's how you feel inside. That's how your hearts want without being selfish, right? So this is very important. The first one is have a compassionate heart. And we continue on in the scripture. I'm going to just read it one more time. Um... Therefore, as God chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion. That's, that's what we just uh, uh, read. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So the second thing that Paul mentioned about kindness is not only about moral goodness or integrity. It's also about how we treat one another. I don't think we can practice kindness just because we choose to or because that's the right thing to do. But we do it because we feel like, you know, that is in your, our hearts. That is what we, you know, have to do. That is what God has called us to do. As a follower of Jesus Christ, that's a thing that we should do, always. But if you're trying to do it on your own, if you try to do it with your own strength, if you try to do it, you know, with your mind thinking, I need to be kind to others because that's what God wants for me, then we're just doing it wrong. Because it's not coming for our hearts. It's coming for just like an act of being a good person. And that's not what the Bible is like talking here. Everything we do, all these practices that Paul is mentioning, we have to do it with our hearts. It's like with everything you have in your hearts. If you try to do it on your own, you know, you're going to either get like tired of doing it, or eventually you're just going to give up and going to forget about being kind. But when you do that because that's who you are, you don't, you don't, you don't complain about that. You don't say, oh, I, I was so kind this week. I did this many things of kindness. No. You just do it because that's who you are. You practice that because that's, that's who you are. So being kind. The third one, 
Uh, it says it's um, humility. I think sometimes this is a really hard one. Uh, because sometimes we're not really good at being humble. Uh, you know, humility. This is uh, very valued by God through the scripture. You can see that if you have uh, time to read James 4, 6. This gospel requires people to admit that we are living in sin and that we need a Savior, right? As believers, we recognize that. We recognize that we're not perfect. We recognize that we need to be humble. That that humility needs to come into our lives and recognize that we have made mistakes. That we have done things that are not really nice. That we recognize that we're not being humble. And we need to recognize the supremacy of God. That He's in control of our lives. That He's in control of everything that we do. That we need to put Him first in our lives. When we recognize that and when we acknowledge that we are sinners. That because of His compassion, of His grace... His love for us. He sent His Son to die for all of us, for humanity. That is very important to recognize. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I struggle with that. How do you be humble? How do I recognize that? The scriptures mentions that like a lot. How do we do that with compassion? And I'm not talking about, you know, being humble as like saying, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that. Or uh, I recognize, you know, I don't try to put myself above others. But like, it also comes from your heart. Is that how you are? Is that what like, you really feel inside? Or you're doing it because you want other people to see you as a humble person? Right? Are we pretending to be humble or are we really humble in our hearts? You know, sometimes you see people, oh, they're so nice, they're so kind, they have a compassionate heart, and they're very humble. But then we don't know their hearts, right? We can see that in the upside, but what is it in, in your heart? And they can probably, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, that's a really good person, I wish I can be like them. But God knows their hearts. God knows if they're doing that because they want to have that perception uh, to other people. They say, you know, oh, that person is like really good God knows your heart God knows your true self even better than you than me so when it comes to humility and when we do things to being humble are we doing that with our hearts it's like how you weight your heart you know yourself you know the things that are inside of you. If you choose to do this, do it because you love God. Do it because you love to see God working in your life through this. And be humble to others. Even to yourself. Sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. No, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to be better at this. Have some grace in yourself. If we have learned through this like whole time, like almost two years, is that we are not in control of things. 
we need to recognize that God is the one who knows. We can't even be in control of this year. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope things, things get better, right? We all hope that. But if it doesn't, are we going to be like, oh, I can't do it one more year? Are we going to start complaining? Are we going to start doing that? Or are we going to have that hard way of knowing that God is in control? The fourth one. Paul mentions meekness. And this word meekness um, is an attitude of not fear. Of the suggestion that Christians ought to be timid. It refers to being gentle, right? Instead of a hard, harder response to others. A meek person is one who controls their strength and power rather than abusing net. So when we start talking about this, it's not because, because we think they're weak or they, because we think they're not have the strength. Uh, this word means that it's a person who controls the strength, who controls power, and rather than abusing it. And in other words, we need to know when we're abusing our strength, or if we have some power when we abuse that as well. Because sometimes we hurt other people. So being meek, a person who chooses not to abuse their strength, not to go against others, abusing their power, but who chooses to be meek, to know not do those things that hurt others. So I feel like sometimes, you know, when we read this, maybe other people will think that, yeah, we can't do that because, you know, we need to... This society tells us that we need sometimes to be powerful. You can't let people, like, treat you bad. You can't let people do this to you because you, you're weak. But this is not what we're talking about here in the Scripture. A meek person is someone who can control their strength and their power, and they don't abuse that. I think for me, reflecting through this, it really tells a story of who we are as people, as Christians. We know we have seen how power and strength, you know, in an abusive form can destroy a lot of people. We have seen how even Christians have abused this strength and power. How this has been hurtful to other people. And sometimes even in the church, we see all of that. And rather than do something about it, we just... I don't know, I feel like we don't really see the meaning of this. Because how can you say that you love God, do you follow Jesus and do all these things? 
we need to reflect more in, in this and being meek and what it really means in your life. The fifth one, Paul talks about patience in believers. If we read uh, Galatians 5, 22-23, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It's really interesting that um, the last thing in this verse that Paul talks about is patience. We all know we are holy, right? Because that's what the scripture says. And we are dearly loved. We have glory ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. And then the last one, patience. How many of us haven't practiced this? Patience, the last one. Raise your hand. <laughs> Sometimes we're not really patient. We don't like to wait. Through this season, one of the things that I have learned the most is this. Being patient. How to learn how to listen better to God. How to wait in the things that God wants me to do. Even when I know I'm excited about doing something for God. I say, God, I know you have this for me. I want to do it now. And God is always like, be patient. My time is better than your time. I know what you need. Be patient. We don't know what this year is going to hold. What are, we don't know how it's going to look like. But for me, as we go through this passage, it's a reminder of, you know, practicing every single one of this. Every single one. And be patient. Sometimes you don't see the results right away, and that's okay. As long as God is transforming your life, as long as God is working in your heart, so you can be a blessing to other people, Waiting in God, like sometimes it seems like a really difficult thing to do. Because we lack of that patience. But seeking God and looking for what He wants for us as a church is important. Not only at the beginning of the year, but always through the whole year. We need to look back to this and remember what God had called us to do. One of the things that uh, is very important when we continue reading the next verse, it starts with bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. When we say, when we look through the word bear, B-E-A-R, it's endure, 
Abai, tolerance. And sometimes it means to put up with something trying or painful. It sometimes brings even conflict. But when we say Abai, that all of that, even through the difficult times, we need to stay together as the body of Christ. And if we practice all of these things, I'm sure God will show us and will lead us to a different way. We will see who God is in our lives, in our communities. And by all means, I'm not saying that you should stay in a situation that is bad, that you're not feel safe, that is something going on in your life that uh, you should like, uh, you know, be strong and stay in that situation. No, I'm saying that uh, sometimes, you know, when difficult things come, and when you're in a community, in a church, in a place with other people, sometimes, you know, not everything is perfect. And sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we uh, do things that hurt other people. We need to learn how to recognize that and reconcile. And if it's not reconciliation, well, maybe it is time to move on. Maybe it's time to look for something else. But always do that, like seeking God first. And ask God for all these things. Help me through this. I want to clothe myself with all these things, with all these practices that Paul is talking about. And the most important thing of this uh, scripture, everything that we have talked about binds all these things together. It's what? For perfect unity? It's love. The love of God, the love that is in our hearts, is like the power that moves us as a Christians. It's supposed to be love. If we don't love each, uh, one another in a compassion way, in a kindness way, humility, gentleness, and with patience, none of this is going to be possible. We're always going to be struggling as a church. Sometimes even the churches, you know, struggle so much that some people don't even want to come to church anymore. But it depends on us, the posture that we put ourselves in towards what God wants for us. And if we follow that, it will be the unity in the church. I want to see that in the church. I want to see the movement of the Holy Spirit. And our lives, but not only for like me or like a couple people, but the whole church. When the church comes together in unity, it's so powerful. Things start changing. The way you see things are like different. God is showing you what He's doing. The things that He wants for us as a church. And if we continue, it says, after all these practices, um, after like practicing all of this, comes unity. And then what? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Not the peace that I bring, not the peace that you bring, but the peace of Christ. That has to rule in our hearts. 
Because we're members of one body and we're called to peace. And then what? Be thankful. This message, the gospel, the good news, is for all of us this morning. For every single one of us. I don't know what's in your heart this morning. I don't know what it is the things you've been struggling with. I don't know what this year is going to, you know, be for you. What is the things you're going to be dealing with. But I invite you that you can open your heart. That is all of this that we have learned together this morning can be a foundation for the year ahead. For all of us that we can seek for that unity in our church. That we can just like uh, ask God, what is it that you want to do in our lives? What is it that you're going to change? What is it that you want to trim in our, in our lives? What is it the things that we're going to get rid of? What is it the like, new things that you're not uh, going to bring in our lives? Ask God for that. Ask God to show you what is it that you need for this coming year, for the year ahead. Because we want to see God's movement in your life. And we want to be part of that. And if we do that as a community, God is inviting us to have a gratitude in our hearts. Even sometimes when we don't see what He's doing, sometimes we don't feel what He's doing in our lives. But it doesn't mean that He's not there. He's our Father. He loves us so much that He's transforming our lives in a powerful way. And we want to be part of that. And we want you to experience that. Not only because I'm saying that, because I want you to experience the fullness of God in your life. Every single day. That when you come like to this place, when we can gather again, we can all experience this in this place, in your lives. Wherever you are, wherever God is working in you, that we can be part of that. And that unity, that love, that bind us together can be in our lives. So let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this uh, beautiful morning. Thank you for everyone that is at home. Thank you for uh, their lives. I don't know what are you doing in uh, people's uh, hearts. Uh, I don't know what they're struggling. But uh, I don't know whether you know they're enjoying and they've been like joyful about. But I just pray that you can just touch their lives. That you can just transform their hearts. And then we can be, all be transformed by your love by your grace as a community. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this new year that we're going to start together. As we uh, prepare God just for this uh, year, I know Pastor David will be uh, 
on a sabbatical, we just pray for him that he can, he can have a very uh, restful time and that he can just connect with you and, and he can just uh, feel your presence while he's not here at the church. And just pray uh, that uh, as we, as the leaders of the church, renew and me, we just continue with the ministry, continue leading this place, that you can just give us wisdom. And thank you for this reminder. Thank you for uh, the way that you speak into our life and the way you're transforming us. Thank you, God, for this special time. Amen.